When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. And a very good evening, David Wilde and Daniel Menzel, Sports Day SA for Just Quality Home Improvements. The open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or text us on zero four two seven one five four one double six. And our hot topic, thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Daniel Menzel, how are you? I'm going well, Wilds. How's your day been? Been fantastic. I did a bit of Pilates at uh, lunchtime. Always try and get one or two sessions a week. Really, you you getting stronger? Oh, I think when when I first started Pilates, so I went in thinking, what a load of rubbish. And yep. Now it is essential. As we get older, for your core, it's it's magnificent. I'm only, I'm the only guy to, out of about 15 women there, but it is. I'd, I'd recommend any. I know a lot of the footballers do it now. It's uh, for your core, and no, you've done a lot of it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've done it for uh, at least 10 years now, and it is. It's uh, it's great for your core and great for injury prevention in particular, um, which is awesome. Um, hey, I heard today we talked about the Super Bowl yesterday, and uh, a couple of players came out from San Francisco, the team that lost the Super Bowl, and mentioned that they didn't actually know the overtime rules in the game, and I just found that staggering. That then a few Kansas City players said we went over the overtime rules every single week in the playoffs. Isn't it just amazing when it comes down to sm- such small margins that one team potentially has crossed the T's, dotted the I's, crossed the T's, and the other team maybe not, and it can be the difference Gee, in that's a big un- game. That surprises me. Totally unprofessional. If you don't know what's going on, you don't have plan B, a plan C, plan D. I mean, it potentially could have gone into further overtime, couldn't it, if there's no score? Without a doubt. And it's what it says is whether it's accurate or not, it's probably not great coaching, which uh, we're going to get into some coaching uh, discussions tonight, in particular about the AFL. But, uh, yeah, you'd hope that your coaching staff is across that and is letting the players know every scenario come the biggest game of the year. Yeah, I saw an article, I think it was in The Australian too, um, might have been Will Swanton wrote an article on Travis Kelsey and basically bagged him and called him a buffhead pretty well. You know, it's not all about you, him singing... What he's saying, Viva Las Vegas, and all like he was the full attention, and, and the rest of the team got nothing. Um, I think Travis Kelsey now can do whatever he likes. They won another Super Bowl with Taylor Swift, who's probably the most 
popular person, particularly amongst the young brigade on the planet. On the right, planet, no, without a doubt, she, she would be. She would be on the planet. I mean, in terms of Messi and Ronaldo, will still have a fair following and probably have the most Instagram followers because they're across every country. But she'd be the biggest. Taylor Swift would be the biggest right now. It's interesting the Kelsey point. Listen to a couple of things today. I know a lot of people don't like it, and a lot of people like to try and bring him down. Look, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, an incredible job as a coaching group. They have brought in players like Travis Kelsey, like Tyreek Hill, like Chris Jones. A lot of guys who they've had trouble with in the past, and they've actually um, gone outside of what the team wants and at times, them. and they've moulded them beautifully and have been the most successful team in a long time since the New England Patriots. So, you know what? If you've got a good coaching staff around you, then those players, although they can be a little bit over the top, like Rob Gronkowski, if you get that energy in the right direction, you're going to be very successful. Yeah, well, Sydney, you've got a bit of footy news too. Chris Fagan and, and the Brisbane nearly got there, didn't they, last year? Could have gone either way in the oh. last 60 seconds, literally. Last bit like the Super Bowl, last yep. 60 seconds. I think Collingwood were the best side all year, so I mean, probably the right decision, but they are right up and about too. They are, and look, Chris Fagan spoke about how they reviewed the grand final and how they talked about it as a team. It was a really good review. I, I, I love the fact that the players were so honest because that grand final came down to moments, really. Mm. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked to the players about the idea. I, I said to them, you know, is there a moment that you'd like back? And I went around the room. And uh, we and I talked to them too about the idea that you know there's there'll be no reprisals here. You, you, you're humans. You'll make mistakes, and there'll be things that you regret. But it's important to talk about them here today before you go and leave, so you don't carry them around for the next six months. Get them off your chest. And um, I was a bit curious to know how they'd be with their honesty because we'd gone through the tape and we knew all the moments. Mm. They didn't miss one. Right. They were so honest. Um, and and some of them had to make themselves pretty vulnerable, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was great, and in the end, I said, "Well, everything you just said, here it is. We watched it on the video, and, and that's it." It's impressive, that isn't it, from Chris Fagan and the Brisbane playing group uh, after losing the grand final, which you mentioned. Words could have gone either either way. Collingwood twelve goals, eighteen ninety to Brisbane thirteen eight eighty six. So. Just by sheer amount of scoring shots, yeah. they, they probably deserve to win the game, Collingwood. But the Lions, four points. Sometimes they, they do mention you've got to lose one before you win one. I think Brisbane's so well-placed this season. But it got us thinking, who or which coach is potentially under the most pressure heading into the 2024 AFL season? Is it Chris Fagan? They've come so close for a number of years. They've got the list to win it. Is it someone else? Uh, I still think Ken Hinckley would be a lot of pressure on Ken. Uh, only the fact that if they don't make the top four, it was a crazy year last year and the way Port Adelaide framed their market, how they're going to appoint him, it looked to be early. And I honestly think that some of the people at Port thought they probably would finish around seventh or eighth and it'd be easy to bring Josh Carr into it. Now he's got the two years. And when you win 13 on a trot, you deserve an extra couple of years. But if they don't do as what people might think, he's under pressure. I still think Adam Simpson, West Coast, like he's had three or four bad years since... Uh, they win a grand final. Now, no one's expectations of West Coast aren't high, but he's been there a long time too. And I think there'll be a few impatient supporters. Well, he has. And I think the other point that's probably evident there with Simpson is definitely people in the media will come for him if they don't have success. Now, one person that I'll throw up that I don't necessarily know if he should be under the most pressure, but he will cop it in the media if they don't start well, is, is uh, Goodwin at Melbourne. He, he's been one that uh, people are pretty quick to jump on when they haven't had success, even though they've been in the top four or five teams now for the last four seasons. Ross Lyon, if they struggle early, I think we'll, we'll cop a little bit of yeah, uh, second year. Flack. They made the eight. I mean, it's only his second year back. Correct. Uh, uh, what about Luke Beveridge? Yeah, there, there's a good one. I mean, 
Luke, to me, at times looked lost on the boundary. Now they pan the camera onto the coach, and he used to be really uh, had great energy as a coach. Now at times he almost looks like a deer in the headlights. They and their selection, I think, bamboozles all of us. You know, he can make five, six changes, <laughs> and you think, how come the guy on the reserves ain't playing and the you're playing so and so? I think that's a good one, and I think if they go backwards, um, I can't see him going on, on on much much longer at all. Without a doubt, and I think they're the team that most probably expect to jump up and play finals as they probably should have last season. So you mentioned Hinkley here in Adelaide. What about if the Crows don't start well and they don't play finals this year, which they're expected to? Yeah, is there pressure on Knicks? I I, I think there will be if they if they can at least mirror what they did last year. I, you'd like to think they win a couple more games and and sneak it in the top eight. Look, you know, if you go through the teams, and I'm sure we'll do this over the next uh, few weeks before the round one, it's possible you could make a case for 14 teams making the eight. Without a doubt, it's really tough. I don't think there's a massive gap to be honest. I know Collingwood were. Collingwood win a lot of close games, and and uh, and Brisbane are very good. But we saw Carlton making a move last year. I think Sydney, the way they've recruited, they're going to be back up and about. Gold Coast with the uh, with the new coach uh, Damien Hardwick. Are you are you on the on the Suns? Are you well, on the Suns bandwagon? Yeah, I think they will be better with uh, Hardwick up there. But also just their list profile is is looking better and better every season. They got more experience in there. And you feel like this might be the year. They also have a great run. I mean, most years they do, but they have a really good run this season. And uh, we might have a listen to what Noah Anderson said would be different at the Gold Coast Suns this season. It's mostly going to be about how we move the ball and and how we defend, I think. Um, There's a little bit more of a system that's been brought in that's um, going to be really identifiable. And the way we're going to play is is going to be consistent to that. And um, people are going going to see a team who... Um, a really fit, um, cover the ground really well, and and attacking defenders as a unit. So, yeah, I, I like them. Men's, um, I think they've got the talent. I don't think they had the right coach. Hardwick's a premiership coach. No excuses. The guys are getting. You look at their side now. A lot of these guys have played a lot of games. A lot of the young stars too. You know, Rao and Anderson. They've been around a while. Lacocious, uh, King. So uh, I, I do like them, and I think really top eight is the only. Uh, result for them if they don't if they miss the eight again I mean there's just something wrong at the the, they play Adelaide don't they round one they do and they've got to be contending because you're right that they probably have the easiest run in the competition they play twice this season they play the West Coast Eagles Richmond who people aren't big on and North Melbourne six that could be six wins right there they need maybe six or seven more so there definitely is opportunities. They also play Essendon twice, and who knows what Essendon will get this year. So and, and they could be they'll start favourite against Adelaide round one too, without a doubt. So they they can get off to a fast start, and we know that their core group of players. You mentioned it, like Anderson, still under the age of twenty four, but he is coming. Ben King, we'll see a, a bit more of him at his best this season. Lacocious, rather, there's plenty there. Bailey Humphreys looking like, like a him. good player too. So there is a number of young good players there, and they've got that core group around them now that's been there for a few seasons, your Brandon Ellis, your Lockie Wellers, these it, sort of guys. It's amazing. We haven't had a, a, a ball bounce yet, but we're talking about coaches under the pump. But you're <laughs> right, there are uh, some more than others. Hey, big show coming up to Andrew McPherson. He's not playing for the Crows, but he's coaching. At the age of 24, one of the youngest guys to go into the coaching ranks. We'll speak with him about that for Lumo Energy. Uh, switch to the affirmative and Kia Epic has arrived, the all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. We've got true or false. We love this part of the show for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. And uh, also your calls, just quality home improvements. The open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or text us on zero four two seven one five four one double six.
Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, Daniel Menzel and David Wildey for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Uh, Go further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. And time now, though, this we like this segment. True or false, thanks to Kia, Epic has arrived, the all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. And you're busting to get the first one out, man. What do you got for me? Hi, I'm Wilds. I'm going to go to the sample. Bonds and I spoke about and did a sample preview last week. And I'm going to go closer home for you. North Adelaide will bounce back and make finals this season. Yeah, I think that will happen. Um, they had one of those interrupted years last year. A lot of injuries and a, and a great turnaround of uh, personnel before even a, a ball was bounced. So I think they recruited pretty well. They've got a, a great leader out there in uh, Craig Burton, Ryan Burton's father, who runs the club. It's well run. They're doing good things off field. Uh, good coaching panel there. I th- yeah, I think they will. Yeah. Good question, Daniel. I like that We're one. off and running. What have you got, Wilds? Well, I'm sure we'll be speaking about this and uh, we just touched on the Gold Coast, but what about this one? Both Gold Coast and the Adelaide Crows will make the top eight this year. That's false for mine. I think that I like the Bulldogs to jump back in. So if that is true, then that's three teams I've got changing. It's Traditionally, it's two teams every year drop out and two jump in. Three's a lot and potentially even four. So I don't think we'll see both of them. I think one of them will make it, but I'm not sure we'll see both. Um, so I'm going to go false on that one. I'm actually agreeing with you. Uh, I'll stick with footy. Ollie Wines will finish in Port Adelaide's top five in their best and fairest this season. I think that is false, even though he's had a uh, terrific preseason. He's fit. He won a Brownlow. Why don't he they said they're going to play him inside more this year too rather than putting I'm, him out in the wing. I'm trying to think of players. I reckon the, their gun three will finish top three yep. around there. Yep. you got Dan Houston. Yep. I like a, a lad like Bergman coming through. Look, he could well – do you say top five? Yeah, it's touch and go, isn't it? I think he'll finish fifth, so that is true then. I think he'll finish fifth. <laughs> I like it. I've you, just changed it. You have. I like it. I can't think of anyone better than, uh, <laughs> if, than a fit Ollie Wines. Uh, another one for you. This is an interesting one because I, they surprised everyone last year. GWS, Adam Kingsley comes out there, coaches beautifully. I had a look through their squad. They are talent-ridden. They really are. They've got you know, the top end that have been around for a long while. And the kids like Cadman, and, and they've been able to get good recruits because they, they lose players and get good draft picks. GWS will once again finish in the top four and push for a flag. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say true. I really like what how GWS finished the season last year. But again, if you go through, in particular, their spine, Sam Taylor was the best defender oh. in the competition last year. You've got Josh Kelly in the middle. Uh, you've got Hogan who actually had a pretty good season. Um, but even on top of that, Toby Green is not in their spine, but he's a star. Tom Green's going to have an amazing year. Kelly. They, they've got so many guys that um, are just talent. so talented. And Lockie Whitfield's one we haven't even mentioned. Um, Cabman will, will be better. So, yeah, I'm going to say that they will make the top four and they will push for, for a grand If final. they have a good run with injuries, and they often don't, but if they do, I think they're almost certain he's top four. They're, they're just a solid side. Every time you play the Giants... 
you know you're going to be in for a real battle. The other thing is too, it took a little while for them to really pick up Kingsley's style last season. That's why they probably struggled to start the year. So as they understood exactly how he wanted them to play, it was more predictable to their group. They were so good. They could have beaten Collingwood in that prelim final too. Um, Wilds, the next one from me is Glenn Maxwell should be considered for test selection in the next couple of years. Yeah, this is coming. Well, he's 35 now, but I think he'll be 36 this year. Yep. And I think he's been wasted for years. Uh, and uh, he's always been a bit of a, a bad boy. There's always been one of the selectors that hasn't really liked him for the. He's made a test 100. Yep. Um, whose place does he take? I mean, he can bowl at the moment. They've got Cameron Green and Mitch Marsh as the all rounder, so it's going to be tough there. But. I think he'd make most other test sides, maybe not India's, but most other test sides, Glenn Maxwell being that side, just for his sheer ability to turn it. I like the question, and I think he's been hard done by, but I think given the fact that his age, they're not going to bring a 36-, 37-year-old back in the Australian side. Yeah, it's he's so divisive. I think you've got, you'd have so many people out there saying there is no way he should play test cricket, and you'd have so many people saying he should have been playing for the last five years. I got a double-edged one uh, for you. Spencer Johnson, man of the moment, million-dollar man now playing IPL. He's going to play Test cricket one day. We saw him bowl the other night. He can bowl in the one forties. Um, he's still plying his trade. He's just relatively young in terms of overs bowled. Do you think he'll make the Australian side, given the fact that there's a couple old he's going to leave soon? Oh, I mean, we have so many fast bowlers in Australian lefty for lefty, ranks. Those. Yeah, one I know. For Stark. I know. I, I'm gonna. I'm going to say false. I need to see a little bit more. And the reason being is there's so many other guys. Like Berendorf is now, he won our T20 best player for Australia this year. So he's he's won. You've got Xavier Bartlett playing and bowling extremely well. But then there's the guys under the age of 25. Jordan Buckingham's bowling really well for the Redbacks here. I just think there's so many fast bowlers around the country. Jai Richardson, Nisa can't get a run. Uh, Scott Boland's still there. There's just, I think if you're playing the overs-unders, I'd take the field over Spencer, and so I hope he does. But I just think they've got so many options. Yeah, Berendorf, I think his his time has come. Though. He's thirty four this year as well, so I'm not sure about him. But he's certainly a good one day bowler. Um, can we finish? Well, I'm going to do a dual, uh, true or false. Cricket is losing its luster, particularly at the top of the tier when we talk Test cricket. Yeah, it's been a talking point, this one. I think that's false. I think that Test cricket's in a really good place around the world at the moment. We've seen India and England. The series was was has been compelling so far, won all in that one. But again, here in... We took on the West Indies and Pakistan. Now, they were never going to be the most watched series, the most attended series. Uh, we know the Ashes, India, New Zealand would get many more people and many eyeballs, more eyeballs on it. But... Pakistan pushed Australia and West Indies knocked us off in a test. I don't think anyone would have picked that at the start of the summer. So I think it's actually in a better place than what people are giving it credit for. And so I think why, why aren't the crowds going then? Oh, I Even think... Australia, West Indies, I mean, they've got 1.6 billion people and they couldn't yep. fill the house playing the, their main arch enemy now in Australia. It's the oversaturation of cricket, uh, of sport around the world, to be completely honest. We just finished an ODI World Cup, which went for two months. We have had so much cricket uh, around the world that I just think it's this oversaturation of it. Like, so it's a TV game, basically. You without don't, you a don't doubt. have to go. There is so, there's so much Big Bash that they've had to pull it back now. There is so many T20 tournaments around the world that, yeah, you don't have to go because you can see so much of it and it's so accessible nowadays as well. So I don't think Test Cricket's in a hole like some people do, but at the same time, they can pull back on some of the one-days and some of the T20s without a doubt. And then you see South Africa... Um, knock out half their side. They, oh, that was bad. You know, to go to New Zealand and get smashed. I mean, 
is, and then other players don't want to play for their country because they're getting all the money in the B, in the in the big bash all around the world. Guns for hire. Um, I don't blame them one bit. Yeah. If you can make millions for, you know, for playing for six, eight, ten weeks, why not? Well, and we mentioned the oversaturation. There's another T20 game on tonight. Australia takes on West Indies <laughs> in the last of their T20 series, the third game. We lead two 0 but. No one even knows it's happening. Like it's, it's been so me- so much cricket over the last three or four months that it is it it is been has been too much. Now we do take on the West Indies in Perth, um, and before we head to New Zealand, there's some good names in the squad again. David Warner is obviously playing. Tim David made runs the other night. We know what Maxwell did. Stoinis is in the squad. Uh, look, it's it's good to see Wes Agar from Adelaide added to the squad. Spencer Johnson, you've talked about. Um, but Fraser McGurk, he, he's one that uh, he's got a massive future ahead of him. And Ben Horn actually spoke about whether it's warranted his selection in the side. The way he performed in the Big Bash and also the One Day Cup, where he scored that amazing uh, double century, it, it, you know that was certainly a summer that warranted an Australian call up. And let's have a look at this guy. So I think that's what they've done. And um, no, I think they've got it just about right. I mean, so, Fraser McGurk, we know that the talent is there. And, look, I think that it'll be like Cam Green. They're putting him in because they know what he's going to do for the next decade. Is that fair or is that right? Or is that uh, astute selection? How do, it's two, two ways. If there's another lad that's played well, making runs and doing just as well. He hasn't made a mountain of runs. He's no. made a nice Shield 100 and he's had a pretty good year in the BBL after being unsuccessful in previous years. Look, he can smack a ball. He tries to smack a ball from, from ball one. But I still think you have to justify your selection, not just be gifted a game. And and if you throw him to the Wolves, and he, what, what happens if he misses out two or three times? He goes back and has to play the BBL and, and Shield where he hasn't been consistent anyhow. I'd like to see a, a more way to run. A body of work is what you'd like to see a little bit more of. I'm not against that. I just think that they're playing with house money at the moment. Australia has won everything. They've won the Test Championship. They've won the World, World Cup. Andrew McDonald and George Bailey will be sitting there going, we haven't made a wrong decision in the last year or two. So if we get one wrong, then so be it. I just think that whereas if we were struggling at the moment, is that same decision made around Cam Green, around Fraser McGurk, around these guys? Probably not. See, he's probably, I mean, Travis Head will always be in that side, but he hasn't played. They've rested him for the New Zealand series. No, he's not coming off great form with a couple of ducks, but, but it, he should be in there. No, but again, that that absolutely hits the nail on the head with what I'm saying about the house money. We we have won everything that they can do that. We can rest guys. We can send guys over to and New Zealand And these are meaningless early. series, aren't Correct. They, Whereas, again, if we are struggling, though, I think they're going, we need to pick our best team, not pick on talent and what it's going to look like for the next decade. I think with Cam Green, the test selection is the greatest example of that. A lot of people didn't agree with it, but they're like, hey, we've made a lot of good decisions of late. Why wouldn't we just stick with what we're doing? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think there's a definitive answer. There are a lot of people... Um, saying test cricket is getting boring. I'd like to actually bring it back to four days and play an extra 10 overs per day, so you're only really missing out on maybe 40 for the... Inter- what happens What happens if one day gets rained out or two days? Well, then they make declarations like they do in here. But uh, I, I think five days now, <laughs> when everyone's busy in this day and age, five days is a long yeah, way to Yeah, the only thing result. I'd say to that, Wills, is we don't see five days played very often. Exactly. That, that, that helps my point. Very yeah, but rarely. I don't know if you need to change it then. I think that... You, Would you buy a ticket for day five at a test match? If it was... Um, yeah, the reserve... It can be... Look, day five could be the reserve day for a rain day, but it depends who it is. If it's an Ashes game and it's a game on the line, look, I don't think you actually pay for the ticket on the last day anyway. It's usually a gold coin donation. So I'm not, ag- I'm not against... I'll be completely honest. I think that test cricket 
is in a great place at the moment. I think it's the oversaturation of all the other cricket that is the issue that we have right now. Pull it all back and people will love it again. It has it has changed for the better. We see Brendan McCullum with England. They can make 400 in a day's cricket. They won't uh, get to day can. five. England no, won't get to day five. The way five. they play. Yeah. And I think Australia, they've got a lot of batsmen like that. They've got the more stodgy type like Kawaja and maybe Steve Smith and Labishan. They play very technically correct. But now a lot of teams are bringing in the big hitter that can make a quick hundred. Yeah, they are. And again, I don't think the issue is necessarily is test cricket in a bad place or is Australia and test cricket not working? It's more so the general public is not loving the Australian test cricket team and the actual players in it. They're not popular, are they? No, that's more so the issue. It's not whether the cricket's... like To be completely honest, the West Indies beat us in a test match and Pakistan pushed us in every single game. We did not expect that in the start of the series. Australia were barracking for the West Indies. On the, a lot of them were on the last... Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. And there aren't as many characters... Um, I still long for the days when we used to go and just want to watch Shane Warne bowl. I'd yeah. go down there. And you go back into the 70s before you were born, but Dennis Lilly, Steam, Tomo, when yeah. I was a kid, they, they were the guys I was watching. Uh, Greg Chappell, Ian Chappell. Uh, we had Adam Gilchrist who played cricket as, as well as anyone as a keeper. Absolutely outstanding. And then we saw the, you know, the, the pace of Brett Lee and McGrath and Dizzy Gillespie, Hayden Langer. I don't think there's characters now. Yeah, I mean, it's they certainly have been reined in, but um, yeah, there is a lot more exposure. Look, you can maybe follow this up with Dizzy in a week's time and ask him where he thinks it's at when he's in the chair. Next Wednesday, he'll be in the chair with you. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so hey, oh, management. Well, good decision there. Okay. <laughs> Great decision. Well, uh, coming well, on the show, I'm not saying you're not a good decision, but no, I agree with you. He's a he's a fantastic guy. Uh, Andrew McPherson, new one of the new coaches at the Crows, only 24 years of age. I looked at his record too. He's he's won the Brian Sandow Award twice for being the most professional person in the club. So maybe that's why they picked him. He's for Toolkit Depot. Members get trade pricing. Sign up today. Lost in the wash. Men's has got that under control for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. And also Just Quality Home Improvements. They are a fantastic supporter of us. Coming up shortly, Andrew McPherson. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Yes, Sports Day SA for just quality home improvements. Experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. Big show still shortly. Andrew McPherson will join us, men's. And it is an interesting story when you get on the coaching panel at his age, young, but they're so impressed with his professionalism out there. I was reading, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, Hayden Bunton Jr. He coached the Norwood Football Club, the seniors, uh, just down the road here when he's 19. Now, his dad was one of the greatest players of all time, Hayden Bunton Sr., winning three Sandovers. But how's that? Imagine coming... 19. 19. He came out. He debuted for North Adelaide at 17. Had a couple of years playing league footy there. Goes to Norwood as captain coach. Had a couple of stints, Sam, but that would have to be surely <laughs> the youngest coach ever uh, taking on a. You know, I mean, back then, you know, Norwood and Port, the pretty good sides. So. Oh, without a doubt. And imagine talking to thirty-four and thirty-five year olds and telling oh, them you're dropping them yeah, next week. Exactly. <laughs> he came know? with a reputation, but nineteen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you're ready to coach a, a full team then. 
Not so sure. Yeah, not so sure either. But uh, hey, we might get a quick NBA update and uh, and jump in. There's a lot of games on today and a lot of upsets in the NBA today. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, who have been rolling of late, they went down to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who look like the best team in the West at the moment. They're on top of the Western standings. The Timberwolves, they've surprised a few this year. The Golden State Warriors have won five games in a row off the back of Steph Curry, just absolutely annihilating it. The Dallas Mavericks as well, five on the trot. And uh, shout out to Morgan as well, who works in the office here. She is a Celtics fan. They've won four on the trot. They're on top of the Eastern standings. And for mine, Wield, still the team to beat in the NBA this year is the Boston Celtics. Yeah, they're good. They've got a really good list, haven't they? And uh, and you, you look at um, um, Denver Nuggets. They've struggled with uh, last year last year's winners, weren't they? Yeah, well, Jokic it's, a, it's a great point. Murray. They played the Milwaukee Bucks today and went they're down hammered. by 17. So they did go down. They've been real hit and miss this year. They're still... They're still sitting in fourth in the West and could easily finish with the one seed. But, um, yeah, they haven't looked as complete as a side as they did last year. Uh, look, come playoffs time, we're about to go into the All-Star break, which has always done so well in the NBA. But um, they Milwaukee will be... still a chance? Yeah, they go. are. They're, 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 big fella. they're still, for mine, the second best team in the East behind the Celtics. So I think we might see an Eastern Conference Championship Finals Series between those two sides. Yeah, just on talking basketball, too, hopefully tomorrow we'll have... Um, Isaac Humphreys, I just heard a bit of him talking with the boys on another station. He's doing a fringe show. Wow. And he's a very talented musician. He can play the piano and he can sing. I've heard him and seen him and... uh he might be the uh, the big tallest musician going around at seven foot. Well, um, you'll be buying a ticket. I, you know what? I wouldn't mind going. He's going to be at the fringe and he's going to be talking about his coming out now. With with the men, it, it's always not been frowned upon, but I think people have been too scared for the guys to come out and say they're gay. Whereas in the women's sport, it's it's totally accepted. Yeah. Oh, it's you know, it's. You look through the women's AFLW and all the the top teams, and a lot of the girls are married to each other. Correct. They, they walk hand in hand to the the nights, and and no one bats an eyelid. But and I hope, I hope the stigma for men as we get older and a bit more it mature is starting, it goes. Th- yeah. It is the dynamic is definitely shifting. Um, but the comfort level and being comfortable in the women's game is it's just normal, whereas it's still taking a little bit of time. It has improved a lot in recent, particularly in the last five to ten years. But, yeah, you hope it does continue to transition a bit easier so that it's not, as you said, not bad an hour So in his show, he, he, he does a singing show as well and talks about his life the last three, four years where he's had the toughest. He talks about, you know, depression and suicide and, and coming out. And he's had a good year too, hasn't he, for yeah, the... Yes. But hey, will he play there next year, or do you think he's gone oh, they for thirty sixes? They would like to keep him, especially oh. with DJ there next year. That would be nice to build some imports around them. Okay, let's go to a young man. This is a great story. Um, Andrew McPherson, of course, playing for the Crows, had a lot of injuries. Very talented football and a hardworking man. Very professional. Gets delisted. You think that might be the end of the road? Uh, and and the story follows. We'll talk to Andrew for for tyre power. The hot summer sale on now. Get four for the price of three on Kumo tyres tyre power. Helping you drive safe this summer, Andrew. Congratulations, welcome, and uh, how's things going? Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, all, all going really well. Settling into into life as, as a coach at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, really enjoyed the last few months. We're just saying to, before uh, Hayden Bunton Jr. coached the Nord Footy Club in the late fifties at the age of nineteen. So you don't have the record, but you're doing well. Hey, how did it all unfold? Because you've had a a horrific run of injuries, and some people are lucky, some aren't. You've been unlucky. So, you, did you think it was the end of the road with the Crows? Yeah, it was. Um, it was an interesting one, given that um, I did have a few injuries in my career. Probably 
led to a bit of crunch in the, in the fact that I uh, didn't get to play a lot of footy, especially in the last couple of years, um, which naturally led to me spending a bit, bit more time on the sidelines, and I just used that time to sort of develop other aspects of my game, and, and that sort of correlated to, to coaching in the end, which, which made for a nice smooth transition. So, Andrew, just tell us about that transition. Was it always going to be coaching for you this year with the Crows or wherever else it was going to be? Or did you think about sample footy? Did you think about other options and still playing? Yeah, definitely. There's uh, all, all things that crossed my mind. So it was uh, a fair bit of weighing up to do. I was lucky enough to get away over the off-season and, and get to Europe and sort of take my mind off things for a little bit, um, get away from footy. And then when I came back, the opportunity presented itself with, with the club. So I was, yeah, stoked to be taken on board so now that you've got the role and you're on board with the crows what's the specific role that you have throughout the week and on game day at the crows yes i'm development coach specifically for the for the defenders so um day to day at the moment that's that's working mostly with our our younger boys um and we've been lucky enough to to recruit a few back um so work with them and then game day it'll be with the sample side um coaching the backs there. Yeah, just just watch that phone a bit. We're just breaking up a little bit, Andrew. Um, you won the Brian Sandow Award, which is um, an award for, you know, one of the most professional guys, the hardest workers of the club. That That's a feather in your cap and the emerging talent with Mark Bickley. But um, have you always been one that, you know, dots the I's and crosses the T's? Is that what you've done from a young lad? Because that, that's two good awards to win at a, at a pretty good club. Yeah, it's um, it's probably yeah something that I do naturally. And given that I had a stack of injuries early in my career, I um worked out pretty quick that I had to do everything that I could to try and get myself down the park. And um, for a period of time there, it, it worked out. But unfortunately, um, the longevity of my playing career probably wasn't quite what I hoped. But um, yeah, as I say, it, it's not the end of the road. Now, how are they looking? Um, uh, we heard Taylor Walker say the recruiting he thinks is the best he's seen in his time and he's been at the club a long while. It could be a couple of the youngsters play in round one. Uh, what are you seeing from the new boys? You excited? Absolutely excited. we got we got plenty of talent there um, and some good people too. I, I really like what I've seen from Dan Curtin. Um, obviously, a heap of talent and some, some really good physical traits too. And then Oscar Iron, Charlie Edwards there. They're stringing some really nice minutes together in, in match simulation, and we've been lucky enough to pick up Carl Gallagher from over from Ireland. So yeah, yeah. It's a good bunch. Certainly, is a good bunch. So just want to know where some of the younger defenders are at. Then, seeing as you are the development coach for the backs, and you'll have a fair bit to do with the sample side, as you said. So Nick Murray off the ACL, Jordan Butts had surgery last year. Where are those guys at? Um, and then a couple others will ask once you've spoken about Butts and Murray. Yeah, absolutely. So Muzz is um, he's progressing really well off the back of his ACL last year. He's been as diligent as, as any in his in his rehab, and he's probably aiming for mid year. He's given his personality; he'll be pushing to to come back sooner, no doubt. But um, yeah, we'll hold him off until he's ready to go. Butsy's Butsy's in a really good spot. He's had a couple of niggles through the preseason, but um, yeah, he should be should be set to go early in the season. So, read in between the lines, and that means butts will be available round one. Murray obviously won't be till mid-year. So, a lot of the talk about the Crows this season, we know how good the offense was last year. It is, will the defense hold up with such a young brigade? Who's your second tool, potentially? Does Michelani play on a, on a taller opponent? Is it Worrell? Is it Dan Curtin coming in for round one? 
Yeah, well, the good thing is, I think that we've got we've got options there. So um, even guys that you saw get exposed to AFL footy last year, like Mark Keane and, and James Borlase, really stood mm. up and uh, showed that they were capable at the level. So I think it's good that we've got the options there. There's nothing set in stone as of right now, but uh, we'll see how that plays out for the next few weeks. Yeah, I look at the improvement. I don't know whether you agree with this, but uh, it's going to have to come from the lads that are playing in their second, third, fourth season. You can look at a Rochelle, Pedler, uh, Saligo, Philthorpe, and Rankin's been around a, a couple more years, but they're all talent, aren't they? And they can get a lot better uh, just in the early stage of their career. I think if they go to another level, it's certainly going to uh, set up the Crows well. Yeah, you're spot on. Those are the guys that will be looking to take that next step. And the early signs are good. They're all going really well out in the track. Um, probably the one that springs to mind is, is Riley Fieldthorpe. He's been a bit of a beast over the off-season and, and pre-season, so I look forward to seeing what he brings. So I was just about to ask you about Riley Fieldthorpe. He has been the one that has been talked about probably the most out of uh, who's coming through. Will we expect to see him playing deep forward this year? Is it more up the ground? Will we see him in the ruck a little bit to back up Riley O'Brien? What, what's sort of the role expectation for Riley this season? Yeah, he's he's got plenty of strings on his bow, so he'll he'll be able to pinch it as in the rough, as you said, um, and he'll do a good job there. Um, but yeah, I think he'll spend still a decent amount of time up forward, where where we hope he can hit the scoreboard. The year last year of Taylor Walker, you've been around the club for a few years now and watched him. He seems to be getting better with age. I think he's no doubt his best year he's ever had last year. Wasn't the captain? Dawson's uh, the captain, but. His impact with all the youngsters, um, just explain what Tex is like having him around the club. And we know he had a couple of issues, you know, a few years ago, but he's got over that and he, he's one of the, you know, legends of the Adelaide Football Club. But tell us about his impact. Yeah, I think one thing that sticks out with Tex is just his passion. He um, he loves loves footy and, and especially loves the club. And I think he instills that in some of our younger guys, gives them a real pride to, to come to South Australia, those guys, especially from interstate and and. Be proud to pull on the jersey, um, and and as you said, his his on field stuff's been pretty inspiring as well. Um, he's he's really had a great few years now, and we're hoping he can go again. Yeah, yeah, I think he can. And just a couple of injuries too: Wayne Miller, Rory Sloan. Sloan's had a horrific run with the old eyes, and it's very serious when you have a detached retina. How's Rory going? And uh, the a nigger with Miller. Yeah, in typical Sloaney fashion, he's he's always in high spirits. So um, he, he was laid up last week and, and just getting that eye right, as you say, it's, it's pretty important that he, he gets on top of that. So he's just... Taking care of that. Wayne is, is hopefully going to be ready to go round one. He's he's had a little hamstring niggle, but um, he's progressing really well. So hopefully getting back soon. And uh, I just want to ask you, Andrew, about Jack Madgeton has been named the skipper for the Sample side. He's taken over from Matt Wright. You'll also have a, a plenty to do with him throughout the season. What sort of impact is he going to have on the group? We know that your top-up players and your players that are playing in the Sample uh, aren't always there, but we expect that Madgeton will be playing every week and have a real impact on this group. Yeah, definitely. He, um, he definitely brings leadership skills and, and hence being named, named captain of the side. So, um, he came across from, from Collingwood after a, a good AFL career and now he's um, sort of applying his, his tricks of the trade with us and um, he'll, he'll go a long way to helping us in that sample level with those younger guys, which will be good. Yeah, one last one. Uh, you mentioned the young Irishman coming over, plays Gaelic footy, and Taylor Walker said he's fitted into the, the training drills like he's been there all the time. Um, he's picked up the skills, has he, pretty well? 
Yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. For a guy who, who hadn't really seen the game much prior to to October, he's um, picking up really quickly. The feedback from, from all the other players as well is that he's um, very receptive to feedback and he's, he's doing an awesome job. So um, we'll keep developing and working with him and um, I look forward to seeing what he can produce because he's got some pretty exciting traits. Yeah, great stuff. Can't wait for round one. You're taking the Gold Coast. Well done yourself, Andrew. I mean, yeah, the footy on the field might be over, but I think you've got a, long, a lot of years ahead of you in the coaching. It'll be a really exciting time for you. Well done. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Andrew, Andrew. Andrew McPherson there from the, the Crows. And, T, isn't that good? I, I read those awards out, the Brian Sando Award, for the most diligent, most professional uh, preparation. I reckon Travis Boke probably would have won that every year at Port, but... They've seen something in him to say, okay, you're a young lad, your injuries have curtailed your, your playing career, but we see something in you to the coaching with the youngsters. Without a doubt. And at the young age of 24 to go into that, the, the other element, and he mentioned this, he weighed up everything. He would have had clubs, uh, sample clubs, definitely trying to get him to come to their footy club, and he would have been obviously paid for that too. So he's chosen the coaching side, which shows how highly they rate him, and obviously that he's invested in it as well, which is exciting for the Crows and the Crows coaching ranks, and he'll no doubt be there for a long time. What about you? You've been part of a incredible system for a long, long while with Geelong and you had a stint at uh, Sydney. You come home and play with the Eagles. You're doing a bit of coaching yourself. Have you got aspirations to get back into an AFL system? Because I think it'd be perfect with your kicking, your, your forward now. Um, you know, you've always been a smart footballer. Is that something you look at down the track? It's something I definitely look at. I'm, I'm At the moment, I'm sort of just keeping all doors open. I mean, I'm obviously doing a little bit of media work. I, yeah. I love the... I finished my master's, my MBA, and I've got my own sports consulting business. So I love the actual admin and diversity, and, and yeah, too. everything to do with. I do a little, lot of mental health work, but I love the CEO, GM type side of things as well. But I do love the coaching. So I'm just sort of taking things as they come at the moment, Wills, and, and see which area, which direction yeah. I end up heading in. But yeah, the coaching stuff, that's why I'm I'm doing it at the moment at a country level. I still want to play. Do you need to do, is there still certificates required to get in the AFL system? Uh, there is, but I've, I've done the Don't level they? yeah the levels that you sort of you're required to the only one I haven't done is your level 3 which is your head AFL coach but um yeah it's one that I I'm probably a little bit different to Andrew where I still want to play and that's why I'm playing in coaching. You love it, uh, uh, I miss too much footy to, to throw it in and, and not be playing. So I still want to play. Um, whereas obviously if you're at AFL or even sample level, like I saw Jake has played last year and I think he still wants to play this year, but you can't do it. If you're coaching at AFL or sample level, you just can't. So that I'm probably not at that level yet. I still want to play well, for a couple more years. I haven't asked you this. Was it an option for you to go to another league club, whether North Adelaide or, or Norwood or something like that, two great clubs, you uh, finish with the Eagles. And like you say, you love playing. You've got plenty of footy left in you. Was did you, was that another perhaps thing you had to weigh up? Do I go to another club? Oh, I mean, you have a lot of people ask questions and throw different things at you. I didn't have any other clubs that I went and spoke to or vice versa. Um, no, I think it's – I'm at a stage now. What am I, 32? So – There'd only be a couple of clubs that you'd go to, be clubs Dustin that are contending. Played to his 40. I know, I know. Like I, I just, I find it amazing when people write people off because of their age, and it's all circumstantial. Brent Harvey was a gun at thirty-seven, like, so it has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. But no, I, I um, the fit wouldn't have been right for me. I'm very happy with everything else I've sort of got going on. So, I'll, uh, I'll enjoy 
I'll enjoy country footy this year, Wilds. I haven't played at a level that hasn't been entirely professional my whole career. It's been AFL or Sandville footy. So I actually quite like the going out and taking yeah. training and then having a beer after training. I've never done that in my life before. And you're loving working with Sam and I, obviously. Exactly. Too. Hey, lost in the wash thanks to Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. What do we got? Yeah, look, Jason Hall Francis um, spoke and he got asked a little bit about uh, being booed last season. and uh, <laughs> Get used to it. He's always going to be. Well, that's the thing. He expected to be jeered and booed by the Kangaroos fans and that that's something that did happen, but also probably copped it from some opposition clubs as well that maybe you wouldn't have expected it as much. And it would have been challenging early as a young kid to not just get that from North Melbourne, but to maybe go and play in Melbourne against other sides and to cop that as well. And he said it definitely was hard early. It was tough early, he told reporters on Tuesday, but you get used to it. And he said it definitely was surprising, a bit daunting at the start. But um, yeah, I don't think it's something that uh, he necessarily has seen as a negative. And uh, I think it's a feather in your cap. If they're being, they can see a talent, he left North. I can, look, I can understand why... North Melbourne boo him, but Without just in, in general, I mean, no, I think I think you need a reason to boo. I'm not against booing at all, but there should be a genuine reason, not just because he's had an um, argument North Melbourne goes to poor every other club should boo him. That oh, to me, that's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, that is ridiculous. He did he did say that it's fast tracked his AFL maturity, which is without a doubt that that would be accurate because. It's a bit of adversity that you have to overcome, and uh, it puts you uh, in the in the spotlight and under pressure. And he certainly had that last year, and I think he handled it pretty well. But I agree with you. I'm okay with people going to the footy and and being up up and about and vocal and, and booing at stages as well. But if it doesn't make any sense and you're just jumping on the bandwagon, they're the ones I'm not as. I- Sure I, about. I think he's a mixture of uh, Dangerfield, Nathan Buckley, Jason Horn, Francis. He got 13 votes in the Brownlow, including one game where perhaps I got mixed up. But he, he <laughs> perhaps well, that was going to be my other true or false. You think he'll win a, a Brown a Brownlow one day because he's got all the attributes. He, at the moment, he's not getting any easy ball, just like Danger used to. If he can get on the outside a bit as well as the stuff, he's got electrifying pace. He kicked like a mule. He's goal scoring a good mark. So I think he's got all the talent as long as Port Adelaide. You know, continue to win games. I think he he could win a, a brown life. Oh, he, he's got a big career ahead of him and a, and a big year ahead of him in 2024. He went over to the states and uh, did a bit of training with a couple of specialists over there, and they, they talked about his gait and everything else and his running gait. And yeah, I think he's going to be very fit and have a massive 2024. Okay, let's uh, get through this too. I've, I want to read a community um, announcement. Here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat, be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australia Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.com.au. This community update is thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions, available at Bunnings Warehouse. That's it for us, men's. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Had a great show tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night between 6 and 7.